My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. But it's an empty road. I feel so alone. I forgot what I'm fighting for. When the weight of the world keeps you up at night. When you're running with no end inside. Lot you and Thursday, February 1st in the year 2024. This will be take two of this morning's show since the first round seemed to have not worked well. <laughs> Computer had to be rebooted and, um, oh, here we are. 30 minutes later, but we're good to go. Excellent. Okay, so we're going to go over a few things this morning. And definitely we are in a period of time in the world when there's a lot of desperation from our leadership the things that they're doing. But a lot of that as well takes us away at times from the more important issues, which is really where our role is. I really don't think we appreciate the authorities that we walk in. 
And so much of that comes from the fact that we live in such a, a noisy and intentionally corrupted, chaotic information space that we're constantly deceived and pulled off path of what our true mission and role is. If you can imagine looking at a world as if you were a parent rather than a child and you watch a child go into a screaming fit and you're stepping on the outside and you're looking in, your role is going to be to console that child. But if you're children to children and then one child goes into a screaming fit, the other children are going to try to directly engage. You might even get into a fight. Our world, we are still sitting too close to that center of the screaming. And we're not stepping back to realize the authorities which we carry in terms of kingdom. So this morning, in just a moment, we're going to begin with a prayer. We're also going to end with a prayer, but in prayer, which is going to be an important one to kind of, to definitely work within our space of authorities. Patriots, one thing that is certain, though, is that we are dealing in a crazy time of uncertainty and unstableness. And the things that are sitting before us are those that are going to be used in so many ways to try to manipulate and create a crisis that, again, brings people to their knees and submits them to the will of the global masters. Right now, food is definitely on the table as a weapon system. The number of food processing plants that have been destroyed in this nation are in the thousands, and that isn't by accident. We are looking at a breakdown of supply chain logistics, and we're looking at an accumulative other crises, including lower yields on farming and overall distribution of food in our nation we are all, that is just falling short. There may be food on the shelves at the store right now, but when you start dealing with a declining dollar and the impact of that on the end of the day, it means that people are going to be facing a crisis, and it's a real one. We need to be prepared, and food is an area to be prepared on. Gen Z right now, believe it or not, is more prepared than Gen X, which is stunning, but the statistics prove it. And it's something we have to all take notice of because we all need to be equally prepared. So head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. There you're going to find the food preparation kits and my Patriot Supply. And right now they have a one-year, a very rare offer, but a one-year food preparation package available for you. And it's literally with 2,000 calories per day. That's sealed in in well-sealed bags that give you a lifespan of over 25 years on the shelf. It's quite amazing, actually. And all these meals are well-designed and very delicious, intended to sustain you. All you have to do is add water, basically. So just head on over to preparewithbards.com. This comes in at under $2,000. It's an amazing offer. So check it out. This is a way to get yourself set up and equipped for any sort of dis- instability that comes. And with that sort of shelf life, you're, it's re- literally worry-free. So again, be prepared in this time. Don't get yourself in a position where you have to be dealing with food as a weapon. Again, head over to preparewithbards.com. All right. I want to begin today, and I want to start by thanking Pastor Devin East. Uh, she was... She went over last night to visit Kirby. Now, who's Kirby? And Kirby is a, a, a man who began, really was brought to the Lord by Michelle and Leah of the Resistance Chicks. And a while back, a few weeks ago, Kirby had a stroke. Now, his wife is Rose. And if you want to talk about somebody who truly has faith, 
This is a tremendous amount of faith this lady has. Before she called 911, she called Michelle and Leah for prayer for her husband who had just had a stroke. Let that sit in for a minute. So Kirby has been in a state of a coma since then. Um, he's been relatively non-responsive, but body functions have been good. And yesterday at 7 p.m. last night at 7 p.m. Eastern, they withdrew the breathing tube from Kirby. And in presence was Pastor Devonese, and she was carrying prayers as well for Bards Nation and for Resistance Nation. This morning we're going to pray for Kirby. He still has no response cognitively, but he seems to be breathing. And what we're praying for literally is raising the dead today. These are the types of authorities that we have, and we have to step in to this moment in time. We need to see this man restored and take it to kingdom to have him restored. And there's brain functions and there's things that have to be restored to bring that back. And this is one of these moments when, as the children of the Most High, we need to pray for something, what we would call a miracle. But that's God listening to us and God doing what God does, because he works in no better place than in the space of miracles. So, patriots, in this morning, let's begin with a prayer for Kirby and Rose. Father God, we come to you this morning and come to you humbled in our hearts under the authorities given to us by Jesus as we petition you through our prayers secured in the blood of the cross. And so, Father, we come to you today on behalf of Kirby and Rose. Just begin by lifting Rose up as a true daughter of the Most High, daughter of kingdom, who truly has such faith in healing and the miracles that you can bring, Father, that she can. She literally stepped back from calling emergency services first and chose to seek prayer before calling emergency services as her husband had a stroke. May you bless her. May you. May all that is within her within her be lifted up, and may the mantle of healing and faith be emboldened within her. So, Father, we join her in prayers, prayers for a miracle this morning, of healing for her husband Kirby, who had the breathing tube removed last night and still remains able to be breathing on his own, but we're, he's lacking some cognitive function. So, Father, we lift our hands above Kirby and we pray into him and we pray life into his heart and we pray restoration into his body and his mind, his soul and his spirit. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift him up and we declare to raise from the dead that wherever he is, we need him back, Father. We're taking him right to the throne. We're coming before you and pleading to have Kirby return to us have his body restored in full, and to lift him up in the glory of kingdom and fill that room and fill his place and fill his body full with the Holy Spirit. And Father, we place a hedge of protection around Kirby and around Rose, and we, that hedge of protection is anchored in the blood of Christ as we anchor it, as we, that goes infinitely up and infinitely down. And as we lay our hands above Kirby and we pray above Kirby, we're saying, Father, bring him back. Allow us to have Kirby again to where he can return to us with full testimony. And in this process, whatever he has been de dealing with in his life from ailments or if there's any sort of addictions or any sort of things that need to be cured, that he restores, he's brought back pure, purely restored in body, mind, spirit, and soul. Comes back ready and pre prepared to speak this testimony into this world because right now, Father, more than ever, we need these testimonies to really demonstrate the power of the living God. And so we're pleading with you, Father, before the throne, as we lay our hands above Kirby, 
to see. Father, Father, hear our prayers. We're praying that Kirby is restored and that the union of, between Rose and Kirby is reignited and that we witness and there are witnesses there and that we witness as a world, a couple that is rejoined in the power of love through the Holy Spirit to speak and see the power of love when we pray in, the power of life that we speak in, life to the heart and restoration into the body. And we pray total healing of Kirby. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. We have such authority in this world. It's amazing. I look around at some of the nonsense that's going on and I shake my head at times and just like, my goodness, we actually believe that. Case in point, there was a an incident that happened a few days ago, and this incident is is almost comical, and yet people are starting to believe it, or at least I think they believed it. Not it's hard to kind of tell with the way social media works. There was an incident apparently of somebody who was claiming to be a number of things. He was claiming to be a Trump supporter. Now they're claiming he's a QAnon believer. Now he's um, all sorts of things like this. And he apparently cut the head off his father, who was, a, as the story goes, was a, a worker for the federal government and then sat on the down before a camera and lifted up a plastic bag that was supposed to be his father's head. I'm laughing. I'm sorry if I mean this because this is like the biggest stunt I've ever seen. Now, maybe there's truth to it. Maybe this guy is truly a psychopath. Okay, got it. He's definitely not normal the very least. But the likelihood of this is this is more one of these other false flag psyops. And once this happened, then of course the police rushed in and then all the media reports come out immediately about how they've secured the body and this is the guy and then the and then the garbage starts. He's a militia leader. He leads a national militia group and he's a Trump supporter and now he's a a believer of this cult of the letter, that sort of thing. There's a part of this that we need to get real about, and it's the part that literally makes all of this look very different. And it's when you start to dig under the covers and you start to ask- What can you tell us about what's been going on? When you start to dig under the covers and you start to look at what has been going on in Congress, and you discover that lo and behold, they had on the table a bill called Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity of 2024. And it's just interesting that as this bill came forward, this event suddenly happened randomly. And of course, it happened to be a Trump supporter, which we have no record of violence for any Trump supporters. And it happened to be a a member of the worshiping cult of, of the letter. And we know what that is. And it just so happened that this bill was to prohibit unauthorized private paramilitary activity and for other purposes, which all had to do with this fact that this young man who was apparently psychopathic and apparently cut the head off his dad and apparently wanted to wrap it in a plastic baggie and hold it up in front of a, a camera and live stream it on YouTube, but just happened to live stream. And just like that, we have a person who's a, a head Apparently, he's a head of a national organization of of militias and paramilitary group. Huh. I just find that all so amazing. It's it's just incredible how these coincidences continue to happen. And just like that, all of these people, including 
Mr. Raskin, who proposed this thing, and many others introduced the following bill, which is referred to as to the committee on to the on this on this, in the judiciary. Isn't that amazing? Just like that. And just like that, the authorization to confiscate guns was given if they passed this bill, because this would allow them to proclaim that anybody who is a Trump supporter, anybody that is MAGA, anybody that they suspect of being a Q person. I mean, remember, I was accused of being a Q militia leader. Let's not forget that. Hence my comment that I'm not. I'm a warlord for God, which is much different. But my point of all this is that the PSYOP continues at a massive scale. And there are still many drones out here that truly believe in this garbage because they're not anchoring themselves in, in the word and in faith. This is the part that people just don't understand in, the, in our culture. They're not getting is how impactive this all is and why it is that this is happening. This is part of the challenge that we face in this time. And so here's a short piece I want to kind of give you a framing, which gives you a perspective from the Operation Paperclip and to just how effective their programming has been. Take a listen. That's why the Nazis were studying mind control. And what the Nazis had settled on for mind control was that a person first needed to be malnourished. The second thing was they needed to have heavy metals Aluminum was their one of choice at that time, deposited into their bodies. The third thing that they needed was to have negative stimulus, punishment if you don't do what we tell you to do. And then the fourth thing, repeat messaging. When you do those four things, what you create is a person who is now willing to suggestibility and willing to be controlled in their mind. In 1945, Alan Dulles brings 1,600 Nazi scientists into the United States. It's called Operation Paperclip. He clears all of their records. He makes sure they avoid getting involved in the Nuremberg trials. All of them certainly would have been sentenced to death. He brought them into the United States, put them in our government, and gave them unlimited funding because he loved what they were doing with mind control. These scientists brought all the Nazi science into the United States. And so now you have rollout of the Nazi agenda in the United States and then starting to go globally because everybody is taking what the United States do is doing as the way of the future. Those repeated messages that the Nazis were doing, those became commercials. It's interesting what he just said because one of the things I, when I worked in the area of information warfare, which included PSYOP, uh, which is a, subs a subset of information warfare. The areas that I would pull from would be what they did in advertising, because advertising is the most sophisticated PSYOP ever developed. It's legal, too, by the way. And every time that they come up with a rule to try to limit advertising, someone finds a way around it. Back in the uh, 70s, the Israelis used a very simple technique. And in the elections on in the Gaza area, interesting, as they were voting for representation, the Israelis inserted a flag, an Israeli flag, every 23 frames, I believe it was, every 23, every 24 frames. And just that subtle subliminal that was there, it was just a background of a flag, switched the election results by 40%, meaning tilted it towards pro-Israel favor. The impact of influencing the human mind is powerful. 
and an unaware mind is subject to a lot of these influences that are around us. When we look at what COVIDCon was and is, COVIDCon was a mass trauma-based programming rollout on a global scale. Obviously, malnourishment is endemic in the food in America. That's not a hard one. Malnourishment is center point to understanding truly that our country's food is not healthy at all in any way, shape, or form, and that the manufactured food with all of the in inputs and all of the ad uh, additives has degraded the, the health efficiency and worse, added other complications to the food. Part of that is parasites, parasites we don't treat for, one of the only countries in the world that doesn't treat for parasites. And so there is a, if you follow Dr. Lee Merritt's work, there's a direct correlation between parasitic growth within a body and, and what cancer growth looks like on, under a microscope. So there's a lot of discussion of if cancers aren't just parasitic driven. When you Once you deal with malnourishment, you have to get in something like heavy metals and toxins. Those exist within our water supply. They exist within the aerial spraying programs we call chemtrails. In fact, in the late 70s, early 80s, when Alzheimer's first came to the surface, it's interesting to note that my geometry teacher in middle school uh, came forward and was very outspoken of the fact that he believed it was aluminum. In fact, even in the news, people began to talk about the fact that Alzheimer's was being caused by aluminum. So people were getting rid of aluminum pots and pans, a very important piece. We used to have aluminum pots and pans as a standard in the kitchen in the 70s. And many people got rid of them because they were finding that as you, as you clean that pan or even cooked on it, there would be micro pieces of aluminum that would get into your food. We know there's much more sophisticated ways to get it in you, but the point is we see the layering of what's gone on in all of these industries across the, the board. The more that we understand the origins of Operation Paperclip, the more that we understand the, the central command mentality of these Nazis to create a unified effect across multiple industries to try to poison and destroy the people of the United States. And they've been doing a pretty good job. We know that when we deal with obesity, the mainstreaming of obesity and is that, and we, there was a piece on this the other day, that in the mainstreaming of obesity, what we've learned is that people have come to a place where um, the, as they get heavier, then they become more dependent upon the drugs that they need. They create, they create complications in, in their own life. And in the idea of creating complications, then they also become unhealthier. What's given to them is more pharmaceuticals, which, is, which keeps them even more unhealthy. There's also arguments that it, it enhances parasitic growth within the body. It degrades the effectiveness of the mind and people then also become more lethargic and become greater consumers of the propaganda that's on TV and on the internet. So you can see the, the effects of all these things are building. So ultimately they create a world that is subject to their will and their way. And so when you see an event that just happened that we talked about a bit ago where somebody lifts up something in a plastic bag, claims it's the head of his father, excuse me, excuse me, whatever, I've done this to my dad, that sort of garbage coming across the web. People immediately start buying into this idea that it's real and they don't question the reality. When you add to that good special effects, when you add to a variety of things like that, anything becomes possible. And the more that we add on that layering, the more that we start to see the ability to deceive becomes very real.
our optic on the world, even in this in this world of news, in, in the Patriot news, is relatively narrow. And we're still not looking far beyond into the places of authorities that we carry as the children of the Most High. That is partly the spirit, because you can't, you can't demonstrate the spirit in a news article or pictures or photos. So we still retain, even with the new news era of a alternative media, we still stay very anchored within the perceptions of reality that we can see. And if we can't see it, we don't believe it. Unfortunately, our reality is still, that's part of the matrix because we're, we should be seeing well within the spirit and be able to see within the spirit of a lot of things. Now this leads us to the, this bigger fight that we're dealing with in the world right now, which is truly demonic. There's no question about it. So how do you see demonic and how do you deal with demonic? And much of this is dealing with the ability to be able to pray in and to start to work in the, that place of relying on what God is showing you, asking Holy Spirit to reveal to you. And as we have to trust what we are seeing and trust with our eyes, our eyes begin to adjust into a, a, the literally the eye of the mind. We start to see the bigger part of the world around us that is not what we what it is. We are first spiritual beings, second beings of flesh. And pro unfortunately, we are anchored so heavily in the beings of the flesh that we are, we've, we're stepping away from the glory of what it is to be beings of the spirit. There's an interesting, um, <clears throat> I just bring it up because it's relevant. There's an interesting story in the origins of man that comes from the Taoist belief that men, once given sight, became deaf, dumb, and blind. It's a very interesting way of looking at things. And once we were given the sight of eyes, we could no longer hear, see, or speak the words of where we were supposed to be. And so the pursuit in that faith is to try to get back to that place where the greater world reveals itself. We could make a parallel argument that that is, as we walk, we become so dependent on what we visibly see before us that we can't imagine or allow ourselves to connect deeply within the spirit. And especially in this world where chaos reigns. Chaos in this moment in time is is constantly around us and churning and keeping your mind busy. And it always falls on the frontal cortex, not in the deeper thinking parts of your brain. So much of the cycle that has been going on in the last 50 years is to degrade the long-term capacity of thinking in human beings, to move them from being intuitive, to use what we would call common sense, which anymore, as we say, there is there, common sense is very much not common, to be able to move us away from the creative the space where we're truly flowing in the space of the spirit and bring us into the tangible, the digital, the binary, so that everything becomes a one and a zero. And that's been a very steady progress over the last 60 years. As we've moved deeper and deeper into that, then which you're hearing, and you're even hearing it, you saw it happen in the 60s, which was the drug culture tied to sex culture. But then you would start to have the encouragement of using hallucinogens like Hiawatha or even LSD or other acid type, what they would call acid drops to try to open people's minds to this greater world. And it's really a false world is what you get open to because you get, you step into a realm, which one could argue is the second heaven where those demons live and along with the spirit being spirit world. But the problem is you're unprepared and you don't know what you're part of. And so all what you're really doing is opening up portals into your body to be possessed. This, this is the sort of insanity in which we live right now where the 
there is we've seemed to be locked into a, a rigid belief by too many that all we have to do is just simply get through this life. And it isn't about getting through this life. It's about reconnecting us with truly the, the kingdom. And as we work within kingdom and work within the power of prayer, we step into this world truly as authorities of this world, not as victims or puppets of this world. Those authorities are profound. And the more that we understand that in the simple function of even appreciating the power of our prayer, we start to appreciate that we don't need anything else. And like everything else, we have to walk it out. It doesn't just come. It's like saying today that I want to be a runner, okay? I want to be a sprinter of a 100-meter dash. Great. So I'm going to just run at an Olympic level. That doesn't just happen. You can't just maybe on a rare once-in-a-lifetime event, perhaps, but a person doesn't get up and just run a 100-meter dash at an Olympic level. It takes discipline and training every day. They have to get up. They have to stretch. They have to run. They have to practice their footing. They have to practice their body balance. They have to practice their breathing and all these runs that they do. Running and weights, stretching, training, a variety of things, good diet, good nutrition, all these things. They come into one focal point. If we are looking at ourselves as warriors in the body of Christ, all of these things are relevant. And if we look back over the last, you know, three and a half, four years, really the message that has been coming through here most is really about resetting ourselves, literally on the Jeremiah 616 model. How do we get back to the ancient paths? We have to begin by seeking the ancient paths, and those begin with, with the first thing, which is scripture, home churches and reading scripture. And then we move into homeschooling, which is that other part that's so valuable and so precious to kingdom is the protection and nurturing of our children, getting them out of the indoctrination camps. That's such a profound element as we've learned more, for example, about those two things in our lives. And we add the third one. The first three are just absolutely profound because the first three are literally taking you home churches of the seven pillars, home churches, homeschooling, and Patriot Gardens. All of that is about body and mind health and keeping the children out of the pipeline of the indoctrination camp to ensure that they have body and mind health and spiritual health. The nurturing of the spirit through the scriptures, the nurturing of the children through a, a home life and loving and the scriptures and the, and the feeding our body of healthy food that's of God's food, not of this distorted stuff that is in our, in our life and in the commercial world. And then we go into the next two, which is right work, which is to reclaim the gifts and talents and put yourself on a path where God wants you to be so that what you're doing on a daily basis is in alignment with him in alignment with the, what he's calling you to do. And that may start at one point and arrive at a different destination altogether. But the point is that we're, we're walking in the yes. We're stepping in and saying, yes, Lord, here I am. Yes, Lord, I will do. Yes, Lord, I will follow. And that allows us to get deeper into the word and deeper into our life and deeper connected within the whole principle of what it is for us to be spiritual beings. Fifth pillar is health and wellness, and that's pivoting us away from the dependence on pharmakia that gets us back into the dependency of, of prayer healing and spiritual healing. It gets us back into inner healing, which is another critical piece. And inner healing being that deeper part where we're walking timelines and we're not just releasing ourselves. And it gets us into deliverance, not just releasing ourselves from demons. These are all critical pieces of putting the puzzle together of who we are. And it starts in our homes. It doesn't have to start in some wild adventure into the world. It begins in our home with a daily practice and a daily regime and a daily focus. 
And as we do this and understand truly what God has given us, we begin to realize how we truly are not of this world. That we are walking in a place of anointing that's beyond measure. But we he need to step into those authorities to truly believe it. That's part of us leaning into faith. I say this, I've said this many different forms, and it's a part of the challenge that we have is we're facing an enemy that has very rigid sort of disciplines in the morning. There are certain codified elements that are, I'm going to read an update here in just a second. We prayed for Kirby and we just got an update on Kirby. So stand by. I'm going to give you that. I'll finish this thought. We have the authorities which we step in, but as we, as we go through these authorities and we walk in this place, we have to step into a higher level of faith. The enemy has very codified rituals that it will do. And so it makes it, I believe, easier for someone to follow a regime. You can map it out. You need to do X, Y, and Z every day, and they will do it. God is giving us a broader spectrum. We don't say you need to do X, Y, and Z. It's up to us to make the choice to become close to him. And that begins with reading the word. So in a sense of a discipline, the easiest discipline we can all be part of every day is a discipline of opening the word and reading the word and simply moving from front to back and then seeing where the Holy Spirit leads you. But much of what we're looking for is to listen to the Holy Spirit to guide us in our life and where that nudge goes to move and to know that that's God and be able to discern that that's God. That comes again from anchoring more deeply in the word. And these things will then reveal. Our faith becomes profound. And if we're willing to open our hearts to the power of what God's given us as a blessing, as an anointing, there's no limit to what can be done. Our prayers are, are what our prayers can deliver are beyond scope and beyond measure. We can literally raise the dead. That's about your root and whether you believe in the church of Acts and the choices that you make to listen to what Jesus has told us, which is profound. Because when Jesus tells us we can do greater works than he, and that's red letter language, that's literally something to ask yourself. Do you believe that? Do you believe when in that sense of greater works do you believe what the stories are that Peter walked on water when he was kept his eyes on Jesus? Do you believe that? Do you believe in the miracles that Jesus was delivering? And when he says, you can do all that I do, do you believe that you're capable through him of doing those things? Those are questions to ask into your heart because if the doubt is there, then those greater miracles have a limitation. But if you're truly leaning into God and you're saying, God, I believe, this is in red letter language, this is what Jesus said. And we believe in that faith we start to believe in the mightiness of who we are. When we're looking for the mighty men of God and we go to David and he's standing against Goliath and he's fearless, why is he fearless? We like to think of the stories because he's had great escapades in his life as a shepherd. That might be a nice thing to do. But here's the other side of that. David knew that God was with him, that God was right there with him. And he had zero fear and he had 100% knowledge that God would fight with him and through him and for him. That's a question that each and every one of us has to answer. Do we have that level of faith? And those are questions to bring to prayer, to challenge us, to find ourselves. And I would my personal walk here, which I share with you, is that when I find myself hesitating or doubting, it's not because of God. It's because of the programming of this ridiculous world in which we live in. And I find myself immediately in a place of repenting to repent to Father for the doubt in my heart, to turn to him more fully and say, Father, forgive me, show me, and to never cease doubting or never cease believing and always remove doubting from our equation. Doubt is one of those most devious 
and most pernicious agents that as we doubt, we step away from him. And it allows the enemy to step in in big ways to start filling the gap with all the nonsense and lies. We have that other element of shame because of things that we do and we walk with guilt in our lives. We've been given the process of repentance. We've also been given the sacrifice on the cross, which has taken away our sins. So the obligation, the burden of those sins can be taken off of our shoulders when we repent. If we walk in shame, it's because we're choosing to walk in shame. That isn't to say it's easy. It isn't to say that we can easily step away from it, but shame becomes an element of wounding that we are unwilling to face. Because for one reason or another, we don't want to confront that. Maybe it's because it hurts too much. Maybe because we're afraid we'll be, ta- we'll be you know, excoriated in, in the public. Maybe it's embarrassing. Maybe it's so personal we think that no one will understand. That's where faith comes in. We have to lean into God. And that's where we have to get rid of doubt. Because shame is one of those tools and anchors that holds us down. It pins us down. And this is all part of inner healing. And in the inner healing walk of what we're doing is we start to separate ourselves from doubt, getting rid of doubt and coming out of agreement with doubt and coming out of agreement and healing those wounds that create shame. That inner walk that we do on a timeline is all possible. We have the ability literally in our life to be able to go back in our timeline of our life and to confront these issues that are there and ask Jesus to help us heal those wounds. There's no limit to that. Just because an event happened doesn't mean the wound can't be healed. And unfortunately, we carry this idea in our life because of the way this world is, is engineered, is that it is a, it's a world that's shaped around the idea of burdens that you carry can never be let go. I will prove this to you. In this modern world of social credit scores and digital media, the idea is that every single mistake you made is forever recorded into a digital database. No matter what you do, it can always be recalled. It can always be used against you. It will always be over you. There is no forgiveness in this modern world culture. None. There is only obedience, and the obedience is to the system which they want you to worship. That takes us right back to Enoch in the fall. That's the root of the original argument of what split the heavens, literally is that God wanted his children to be able to turn to him and choose him and to, with that, come to him and, and be received, be loved, and be received in our inheritance. Who we call Satan wanted p- people to be obedient and be told how and who to worship. We're back at that again, and this is the root of this fight. Is It's the spirit of life versus the spirit of death. The spirit of life raises you up, and with the, with the sacrifice of Jesus, all things, the covenant was broken and reforged within, within the kingdom. And so if we accept Christ, all things are forgiven. But in this world, all things are not forgiven. In fact, it's getting worse. So when we walk with these burdens of inner healing, of shame, of things that we've done in the past, what we are not confronting is one another, to look at one another and say, this is my honesty of my heart. Because we're afraid that that person that receives us, which unfortunately, when we don't walk with Christ, that's what happens, is they look at you and instead of seeing you as a, as a being of giving grace, giving you grace and giving forgiveness to the moment, we instead give judgment. That comes from a broken heart, not from a loving, forgiving heart. In the model of things as we should be working, we should be able to hear each other in our hearts, hear the truth of what we're speaking and find the bridge to build with one another. That's the depth of the loving, forgiving heart. And that means that the things that we've done in our past, if we have accepted Christ, are forgiven. And along the way, we will stumble. And as we seek repentance for those, they will be released. 
I, it's, it's, it's a walk that I think within this world becomes increasingly difficult because we doubt our ability and therefore we get anchored in shame and with shame comes doubt and doubt feeds shame and shame feeds doubt. It's, it's a vicious cycle. Then there's fear. Fear is one of these things that's a, just a deep virus. And fear as it speaks into us in this control element of all these things that they do, the chaos and the news and all these things that they do to degrade our confidence and weaken us down physically and emotionally, wearing us down. Fear becomes one of those things they just need to inoculate. They don't even need an injection. They just need to get the, the words of, in, into your head. It's what they call a meme or a, it's the science of memetics. It's the viruses of the mind. Once you get those in your head, we start building monsters before us. We will manifest huge things before us in a way that is so dark that we literally, what we will create is something greater than we've ever imagined. And it's lesser than God, but we will believe it's greater than God. And this is the enemy working at its greatest because it doesn't have to do much else than just feed us that sense. Fear comes in the form of movies, in programming on TV, which is a deep part of MK Ultra. Fear comes in the part of working with the spell castings that doctors are trained to do and don't even realize they do it by speaking death over you rather than speaking life. Fear comes in the negativity around us that's always talking about nuclear war or end of times or the end of world. The greatest fear cult out there right now is environmentalism because it literally has people willing to take and cement their hands to the middle of the, middle of the street, which is beyond a measure, but here it is. They'll literally go down and cement their hands to the middle of the street to stop traffic as a statement to stop global warming. And the, the logic is, is beyond our, our understanding. You look at this and you say, this doesn't make any sense. But it's their response in fear because they're so deeply inoculated with the cult of fear, which is the end of the world coming because the cause is man. Notice is everything in this current cult and worship is everything is our fault. Nothing is forgiven. The only way you can be forgiven is to remove yourself from the face of the earth. It's a suicide cult. It just takes on a different form. So they have inoculated an entire generation and generations for that matter of people that believe that the world is coming to an end because of carbon and because of this or because of that, and people are buying into it. They feel refreshed and relieved because they can put their recycles, their recycling material to save the world in a little blue box outside their door, and suddenly they change the world. Nothing else changes, but these small actions alleviate fear. Fear becomes this monster within people that as it's fed in its various forms, and once it takes root, it just needs reminder, and it will take on new levels. We see that constantly with the environmental movement. We see that an ability to stir that up by talking about global warming and panic and the end of times and having to eat bugs and the willingness to let all this go because I believe in the world better than more than I believe in myself. I don't see myself in this cult. They don't see themselves as a valued, cherished being of God. They see themselves as a product of some, some primordial soup that crawled out with four legs out of the pond that somehow grew up to be a human being which is an impossibility, but nonetheless, that's how they see it. That some sort of asteroid hit the earth and seeded us with some sort of DNA that ignited some sort of evolutionary role. All a big fantastical story, which is purely lies, but nonetheless, they do this, and with this, you see yourself as no different or better than a cow, a pig, or for that matter, an amoeba. So there's a guilt, because then they can look across and go, yes, but we're the only ones on this earth that are causing problems, when in fact, the only ones that are causing problems are an elite few that are funding the industries that are destroying the world. But the blame and the burden is put back on the human race. And as the human race takes it on, with all the burdens of fear and 
shame and doubt, they become slaves to a system which seeks to do only one thing, kill and destroy. I'm going to read this update on Kirby. As we prayed for Kirby at the beginning, it says, Kirby update, nurses and family here now. This is from Pastor Devonese. She's there. Thank you, Pastor Devonese. Also, we're informed that Kirby is stable enough to move either to hospice or home. We are definitely looking at bringing him home. Wow. This is amazing. So we're still praying for a restoration of him, but he is stable and breathing on his own enough that he can go to hospice or go to home, which may be the, the I, if it's home, then we're talking about an ability to ignite, literally to ignite healing at a new level because there is nothing like being at home to heal around loving family. And so I would just, uh, the word that I get, and Pastor Demonese, I'll send this to you if you're not online, but we need to make sure that all those around Kirby are speaking life to sever any influences from the cult of death. Speak nothing but life around him. Pray, pray, put music and prayer music and, and hymns around him. Pray around him. Do your morning biblical reading around him. Read scriptures to him and speak life into his heart. And may our prayers reflect that today. So patriots, we are in a very interesting time, a time in which we have to start framing this manipulation that is going on in our world in a proper context. It's a game. And in the sense of watching a movie, it is a movie because they understand the scripting that is necessary to take the human mind off the pits of the cliff into the pits of hell, literally. And that, and that is literally what we've witnessed so far. It's become a game for them because they've understood how easy it is to manipulate a mass public. I often refer back to that moment in COVID-Con when suddenly there was a mass psychosis to collect toilet paper, that people became panicked and afraid. We need to understand the magnitude of this. That is part of deep programming. That is part of deep fear programming that was initiated. And what I will always stand by is that was some sort of a test to see if people were ready now to receive the next level of fear programming. COVID-Con was a trauma-based programming program on a global scale. And it was well orchestrated and well timed. It was put in place by years of planning of people with very dark and evil agendas. It was people that were led into government and leadership that were deeply corrupted and broken. People that had desires of the flesh, especially for the flesh of children, to be able to take power and be rewarded for that. This wasn't blackmail of the people that took power. This was a willful compliance to something to satiate their needs. And then once they got in there, they may have realized they didn't like what they saw, but they didn't have the courage to step away and claim the truth. So they became willful puppets in a very dark and evil agenda to enslave and destroy God's children and enslave and destroy the little ones. I say all that because we have to always dig for the pursuit of truth. Consider your role. Consider your role as children of the Most High, having given a kingdom authority to walk on this earth as princes and priests. And we have to seek that heart of Jesus in everything. What does that look like? And in many times, that does not look like the way we want it to look like. We have to look at the place that God's desire is to bring his children home, that there is a measure on the cross that gives him a measure of forgiveness that's beyond anything we can really comprehend. Jeffrey Dahmer accepted Christ at the end of his life. It did not mean that he did not pay the price and punishment of what he did for his crimes, the true judgment. 
but he was accepted. He accepted Christ at the end of his life. And if you, and that goes along with what sacrifice on the cross meant. So these are very difficult times we're facing where we have to extend a hand of mercy and grace in places that we will not be comfortable doing at times. But nonetheless, to step back and see ourselves as who we are rather than in the flesh, but as spirit beings first. When we start to embrace truly the trueness of who we are as God's children, as the sovereigns of this earth, and we walk as sovereigns, we start to realize the greater burden that's placed upon us and truly that cross that we bear to understand that we are being asked to level up to a place that is very difficult as humans to do, to find a, a loving and forgiving heart in the sense and leaving justice and judgment to God and the courts of heaven, not to our hand, unless God leads us, which is important. And it kind of closes this thought today. When we look at the stories of David and we look at the stories of Gideon and we look at the stories of Joshua, it is important to remember that that was all God led. Everything that God asked them to do, they did and they obeyed. So it was God's hands through them that led to these sorts of fights. There was a undenying fearlessness with David, an unwavering knowledge that God was with him. And David stood even further because the defaming of his God by Goliath led to David setting in and saying, enough is enough. And as he spoke on his behalf, he also spoke knowing that God was with him as he picked up his five stones and threw one into the head of the Goliath. And then beheaded him, by the way. It didn't just end. He finished his promise. He cut Goliath's head off with Goliath's sword which is no small feat. That was God making a demonstration to everybody that I am here and I am present and you will not defame me. That sort of understanding at the root of that, I think is where we have to start to appreciate the carelessness and sloppiness of the way we often walk in faith. We have to be in a pure heart and understanding who our, the, our father is and truly have a, a sense of fear of the magnitude and greatness of who he is. That isn't to chase us away and have fear consume us. It is the idea of a full knowledge that you don't want to be outside of him. And when we respect that power and might, the glory which he gives us through the love and the humility when we place before him is truly who, where we start to become great. We are nothing without him, but we are all things with him. And so keeping that in mind in this walk, it is truly important that we start to re-anchor ourselves in the fundamentals daily to drill ourselves to seek those greater gifts and to open ourselves up for what God will provide. It doesn't happen overnight, but it does through a discipline of life and our, our acceptance of things and reaching to the higher levels of works. I do believe that we are witnessing right now a true awakening of the real church, the church of Acts, a reawakening of the true gifts and talents that God intended us to have and a true awakening of who we are in this world. So patriots, let's pray. Father God, we come to you today just very humbled and a reflection today of this walk and this place that we're in, of understanding that as we start to un pull back a veil that is placed before us, that has limited us to seeing who we are, to start embracing that we are truly the children of the Most High, you, Father, that we are kings, we are priests, and we are, are, are princes here on this earth, walking with the authority given to us by our King, Jesus, truly, in a place where we have the authority to spread the gospel, but to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to heal the sick and the broken, to walk in the apostolic and the prophetic, the fivefold ministry. We have to literally step into that place and say, Father, here I am, send me.
and embrace that with a heart, a true heart of absolute unrelenting faith. So Father, we come to you today and present ourselves that with any doubt that we have in our hearts, please reveal it. Any shame that comes from inner, inner healing or woundings, please reveal it. And any fear that we have, please reveal it. And as we reveal these, Father, we present them to you before the throne. We ask for forgiveness for having these things within us because to walk with you, we should have none of it. And yet part of this process is to identify it, to release it to you, and to be truly refreshed and reborn within that moment of repentance. So, Father, we, we place these things before you to ask you to show us in our hearts where they exist so that we can bring them forward to you to seek the healing on these things, to free us from the chains and the bonds that bind us and to set us free into this world. And Father, that brings us now to the prayer that we begin with, a prayer for Kirby. As we step in here with the authorities of of all that Jesus gave us, the authorities of the knowing within our heart that all things are possible through prayer and faith, that all things are possible through him and to you, Father. And by saying that and understanding that, we present again our prayer that we pray for a complete restoration of Kirby as he is now being he's stabilized and he is being brought home. We pray for the raising of the dead, that this man now can be restored back to the fully functioning Kirby that he was in a greater form, that he's been returned here to a body that's been restored, that the growth that needs to happen and the regrowth in the brain and the damage that's happened now, we cast it out and we declare it healed in this moment. We declare it healed in the name of Jesus. And we restore this man truly to the fullness of who he is. May this transition home be the moment of awakening where he literally, the life of what he was is restored to him. His eyes are open. His response begins and he returns now as a man truly touched by the Holy Spirit, truly touched by the anointings which you intend for him and touched in such a way that the voice of he and his wife Rose become a voice that now speaks of the miracle healings of the living God. Bless them, guide them, and hear our prayers, Father, in Christ Jesus' name we declare. And so, Patriots, so Father, in this closing prayer today, we thank you for all that you provide and all that you lead us to and ask that you'll guide us today, protect us, open our eyes to the greater opportunities that are before us and help us walk more deeply within the authorities that were given to us by Christ. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. So, Patriots, I hope you have a blessed day. Tonight, we have an interesting interview with a a Declaration of Military Accountability um, member, signatory, um, Christina, who has been damaged by the VAX. You're going to get a very, through that interview, you're going to get a very clear sense of how destructive this VAX has been on her body. This is a fighter. What she deals with every day is unbelievable. And she's surviving and trying to overcome. She's going to need prayers as well. So tonight we will also pray for healing. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe